It's a pleasure to be here and to bring to you the Word of God on this first Sunday of Lent. Let us pray. Come to us, merciful God, that in the flow of these words, we may hear your word to us today. We ask this for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are two connected themes that are at stake in this familiar passage from Luke chapter 4. They are temptation and truth. I guess it could be described as deception and obedience. So this first Sunday of Lent is a really opportune time to think about both of these things because we're on a journey, a journey from Ash Wednesday through to Holy Saturday and then Easter Day. From eventually to Jerusalem, to Golgotha. And through this narrative in the desert, and it's focused on temptation, the overarching theme really is what is what is truth? We enter this question on this first Sunday of Lent, and in six weeks' time, we shall find Jesus before Pilate. And he said, according to John's Gospel, I came into the world to testify to the truth, and everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. To which Pilate asks, that amazing question, what is truth? A question that's as contemporary now as it was then. We know that truth is a commodity which is under threat. Everywhere, people make claims that have no basis whatsoever in fact. For instance, that in 2020, really, it was Donald Trump who won the election to be the President of the United States. I've met people who think that. Or, here in the UK, the postmasters who found that there were problems with their Horizon computers and deficits appearing in their accounts that they were the only ones. No one else has this problem, they were told. Entirely untrue. We find it in the media, where all asylum seekers are casually labeled illegal immigrants. And these, these become incendiary claims that are twisted and they fuel dissent in our communities. Now, truth. Luke brings Jesus from the baptism full of the Holy Spirit. 
and he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now let's just pause for a moment. Think about this. It is God the Father who by the power of the Spirit is leading Jesus into a desert place, into the wilderness. Is that right? A time, a time of testing, a time of listening, a time of reflecting on values and motive and purpose and pathways to achieve it. It can be a dark place as well as an arid place. Maybe you're there. Okay, yeah, I know you're here, but maybe you're there in that dark and difficult place. I've been there myself. At a time in my ministry when I thought everything was falling apart. It was difficult. It was real. It was tangible. And yet I had to keep on continuing to do whatever I was doing as a minister. But I hung on to some promises. They come from Isaiah's prophecy that there are streams in the desert, there will be flowers in the wilderness. And maybe you're, uh, you're right there now. But if you are, know this, that God is there with you, not over against you, there with you. You may not feel it. Keep reaching out to him and he will pull you through. He will carry you through. And as a result of it, you'll be stronger than before. You're more certain than before, more whole, if I may put it like that, than before. But for all of us, for all of us, Lent is a time of reflection, a time to pause, to think about our discipleship, to examine our lives, our attitudes, our behavior, our values. So maybe this week, take time to read this passage, Luke 4, 1 to 13, to think about, okay, what does this mean for me in my life? Now we're familiar with this passage. It's very earthed. You, you heard that. Luke tells us that after 40 days of not eating, not eating Jesus was hungry. Well, he might well be hungry after 40 days not eating. I know teenagers who hungry after 40 minutes. And the devil comes, the evil one comes and challenges him. If, if you're the son of God, truth is challenged at the very beginning of this passage. Has not Jesus just come from his baptism? Has he not heard the voice this is my son, my beloved. If you are the son of God, seeks to undermine the very person of Jesus. 
fact, all three temptations are seeking to challenge Jesus' person and mission. And the temptations follow that pattern. First, hey Jesus, change this stone into bread. Luke is quite clear, it's this stone, this one stone. Satisfy yourself, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you're the most important person around here. Make sure that you're eating. Give it for yourself. Look after yourself. What do you think you're about, Jesus? Surely, you need to make sure that you're okay, don't you? Never mind the others. This temptation is all about Jesus' self-understanding. It seeks to undermine the very person that Jesus is. Many others will challenge him in his ministry, challenge his ability to undertake his divine mission. So here's a stark question at the very beginning. Who are you, Jesus? It's a temptation then and a temptation now. With many people seeking to become something else, to make an online persona quite different from themselves. Why? On my Facebook page, I could put myself as a young person with hair. Or today with artificial intelligence. Why? People could use my voice and photo and they could put up and make me say something that isn't me at all. I mean, the mayor of London is running into difficulty with that this week. So, remember who you are. I remember my father saying to me when I was a teenager and out doing things, Howard, Remember who you are. Remember who you are as part of a family. Remember who you are as a person. Remember who you are under God. Jesus is brought face to face with the temptation to be someone else, to do something else. No, no. He says to the challenge of making bread, one shall not live by bread alone. And then Matthew has the whole quote, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then from the perspective of a mountain, the devil says to him, look, look at all this territory. The kingdoms of this world. Hey, Jesus, you want to influence people, don't you? I can give you a political empire. I can give you authority and glory. Isn't that what you want? So become, Jesus, grounded in the ways of the world. Deploy troops with force. Destroy and dominate the world. Subjugate people and receive acclamation and glory I can give it you only serve me says the devil 
we see this temptation played out on our screens in our world today. Putin, the invasion of Ukraine, especially this week with the cynical death of Alexei Navalny. Frankly, I worry about the dual forces at work in Israel and Palestine. And we see it in a number of other places around the world. The desire to dominate others. Friends, whatever happened to the desire to serve the community, to work for the common good? But Jesus' truth-telling he says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And worship is not just about singing hymns and saying prayers. Worship is the very substance of our life, the honesty of our life, the telling of the truth of our life about ourselves and the world around us. Because that's how we serve others. That's how we serve the community. That's how in the name of God we serve as Christian people. And then finally in these temptations, hey Jesus, come up on the pinnacle of the temple, the highest point of the temple. Hey Jesus, I have a great idea. Fling yourself off. Prove spectacular spectacularly, that you are the Son of God. Because God will come and just sweep you up. He'll send his angels and you'll be okay, Jesus. It'll be dramatic proof. And CNN will be there with their cameras, Jesus, and they'll get it. You'll be more popular than Taylor Swift. That's the abuse of Scripture to serve the devil's own goals. And in response, we hear one of truth telling. You shall not put God, your God, to the test. What we see in these few verses the resisting of the powers of evil. We learn what Jesus will not do. We discover what kind of Messiah he will not be, the means he will not take, and the ends he will not pursue. But Jesus is not focused on the survival of self, not concerned about himself. Jesus is the man for others. The one who comes to be with us, to do for us that which we cannot do for ourselves. That God in Christ is reconciling the world to himself by his death on the cross and his resurrection. And Jesus is not employing or, or seeking to dominate 
other people. No, he is the one who has a person, purpose to enable, to equip, to bring about salvation and transformation to people. Jesus is not employing the transient power of spectacular things, but offering something simpler, something more profound, something lasting, something leading to the comprehensive transformation of individuals and communities. Rather, we see in these temptations an obedience to God the Father to live, as the Old Testament prophets have put it, to walk in the ways of the Lord. So what do we see in this for ourselves and for our church? There's a danger that the church dispenses with truth. That actually, we don't tell it as it is. We don't speak the truth. We use a cloak. We try to hide things. Jesus is exposed in the desert. All he is, all he has, all he hopes to be are there. We learn that we shouldn't acquiesce with falsehood. We learn that there's no tricks to spirituality, no shortcuts to revival, no remote ways of face sharing. The temptation is that we seek to undermine God's will for us and God's will in our lives. And therefore, in this Lent, we need to consider what is our mission, what is our focus, what are our values? What are our motives? For from the rest of Luke's gospel, we learn that the kingly reign of God, our mission, is about delighting in the presence of God with vibrant worship. It is about the salvation of people and the transformation of their lives in body and spirit and mind. It's about kindness and welcome to all. It is about the desire to share faith with others. It is about healing and wholeness and reconciliation and building up. It is about the establishment of a new community, making connections with neighbors. It is about enabling friendships and mending broken relationships. It is about being alert to the needs of society. It is about being soaked in scripture and constant in prayer. And with all of that, a proper regard to truth. For truth brings a challenge to the lazy thinking and hate-filled rhetoric of much of our modern discourse. Truth contests the distortions in the social media. Truth stands up to those who abuse and misrepresent the vulnerable. 
truth is about speaking truth to those in power. Friends, in this passage, Jesus arrives full of the Holy Spirit, is led by Holy Spirit into the desert where he resists temptation and embraces truth. He returns in the power of the Holy Spirit, ready for ministry. Today, this Lent, may we be people of lived truth. May we, may we have courage to speak truth to power. May we desire not power and prestige, but to be filled with Holy Spirit, led by Holy Spirit, enabled and transformed by Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's just pause for a moment. Oh God, may the words of this hymn we're about to sing and the desires of our hearts be voiced in truth as we offer it as a prayer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand and sing the great hymn at the next...